Welcome to Storm Spoilers Off-Season Tour. My name is Joanna Robinson, and if I were to give you one self-care tip for surviving a film festival, it would be to drink plenty of water while here in Austin. I drank my entire like body weight in Topo Chico, uh, and I also made sure to have a lot of water with my tequila. So you just like even it out. Keep hydrated, basically. And I'm Neil Miller, and I would tell you to take naps as many naps as possible <laughs> um but I'll, you know what my my number one uh tip for especially for film festivals is the whole like idea of listening to your body mm. so like you know if if on day two you need a nap take a nap on day two what would you do if for example it were really hot out <laughs> <laughs> We're in my office, so Siri might start talking to us, I guess. That was terrifying. She's, she that that happens to me all the time. Okay, let me try to rephrase that so as not to wake the, <laughs> the sexy lady robot. Um if it were really hot outside in, in Texas. Yeah. And like I, I don't know, like maybe you were perspiring on your like head, general head. Let's or say you're a head sweater. Area. Yeah. What what would you do as an act of self care? Listen to your body; it's sweating Listen to profusely. Your body. Yeah. What would you do as an act of self care? This is actually something that I've ignored for many years mm, of uh-huh. my body. Yeah. Um, I've always been a head sweater, sure, and uh, I've always just walked around very drippy in the summer. Right, right. So I've taken to headbands. Yeah. Uh, oh, so sporty spice headbands. <laughs> if our, you're you're wearing a particularly fetching one right now, it's mm-hmm. it's purple and black. Yeah. Um, if our listeners are not part of like our Slack or don't follow Neil, maybe on social media, you've maybe never seen Neil in a headband. It's amazing. He has a variety of them to delight uh, strangers and friends alike. I have five, which is one for every day that I actually went to Fantastic Fest. Amazing. All right. So <laughs> Even though it was an eight-day festival. <laughs> Neil and I are on the other side of Fantastic Fest. Uh, you you will notice that Dave is not here. Uh, that means this it's podcast will be, be heavy on the headbands and robots. And This no week Dave. would have been better with Dave. Oh, way better with Dave. Everything's better with Dave. Yeah. But we will do our best to struggle on without Not necessarily him. this episode of the podcast. That's TBD. But like experiencing this week would have been better with Dave. Of course. Dave is like a horror fan. Dave has been like watching all the Halloween movies. Uh, yeah. He would have been the perfect person to have at Fantastic Fest. Um, if people, well, I guess we'll get into that more later. But what else? What other sure. orders of business do we have before we get to Fantastic Fest? Which is what we will be covering largely in this episode. Yes. Uh, well, if you're a member of the Maesters or above in our Patreon, it's patreon.com slash Storm of Spoilers. You're getting a bonus segment this week uh, where we will run down the things that we missed during Fantastic Fest. So we'll talk a little X-Men. We'll talk a little uh, X-Men. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk. We'll talk Joaquin news. Phoenix. Joaquin Dark Phoenix. Phoenix. Dark Phoenix. <laughs> 
senators from Phoenix. Yes. All the shitty things. All the bad things. Um, so that's the highly anticipated, I'm sure. Uh, we also have some Con of Thrones news. Con of Thrones, obviously, uh, July 12th through 14th in Nashville next year. Tickets go on sale in two weeks. And they've already, uh, if you know where to dig on the website, they've already announced what the hotel is. Oh, so okay. So you can order, get your rooms in the hotel. Is it a nice hotel? I believe it's a Sheraton. Oh, I've right. never had a bad experience. I've been to Sheraton. a Sheraton sure. or two. Yeah. So they've got blocks of rooms, I believe, at the Sheraton, but you'll want to check like the Con of Thrones slash hotels page or something like that. They have they have blocks of rooms available so you can go ahead and and uh, get those on lockdown. So. Yeah. Lock down your tickets to probably see us. At Con of Thrones next year, probably. I've, Almost I've, definitely. I've, I've checked in and I've heard that we can probably take the probably away. <laughs> so, <laughs> most likely. So we can stop tweeting at Con of Thrones right, right, for right. the like three of you who did that last week. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. Okay, so we also have reviews. Oh, right? sure. Yes. That's my job. And yeah. I didn't even like have to remember to pull them up because Neil pulled them up for me because we're both sitting in front of the same computer. Um, so this this review is five stars from Horfner1962. Uh, it says, I may have invested in the wrong podcast, but at least I invested. <laughs> <laughs> What's better than fresh, lush, homegrown, homegrown summer tomatoes picked at the peak of ripeness? Not much. This is the fresh summer tomato of the podcast world. Pink Brandywine Joanna, substantive, exquisite taste, and just the right amount of acidity. Uh-oh. Um, Blonde Kopchen Dave. I'm like, what our reviewer is doing is is naming kinds of tomatoes and saying which ones of us are I'm like. I'm learning which kind so of much about tomatoes. So Blonde Kopchen Dave, wildly productive and bursting with intense sweetness. Uh, Japanese black uh, trifele Neil. Unique and interesting flavor, sweet, tart, acidic, and a little smoky. Uh, bruschetta, caprese salad, pizza margarita, or great big slabs and a BLT, or LGBT if you add guacamole. Uh, if you haven't listened yet, it is summer, and the tomatoes are especially delicious, having branched out from only Game of Thrones beef steaks to many pop cultural varietals of uh, varieties, heirloom, hybrid, and GMO, all accounted for. One caution, if you were a Trump voter and still believe that he is an awesome president and an all-around good dude despite all the evidence to the contrary, you should probably skip this one and eat ketchup packets instead. <laughs> I think going to ketchup packets are really good like that's thing really, to tell someone to buzz off. Because that's what the dumbest person you've ever met would do. Go eat a ketchup packet. Yeah, it's actually it's worse than dipping fries in mayo, in my opinion. Uh, wow, that is like a low, It's it, it it's settles low under that low bar. Yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah, especially this week. Uh, okay, cool. Thanks for the review. The tomato information. Yeah. And Blomkumption. Uh, Blom Blomkum. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> There's too many weird words that that sounds like. Oh. Okay. Um. All right. Cool. Let's do storm chasing. Um. You have to say the thing that Dave says, where he's like, gets all dramatic. And wait, what? He gets dramatic. Yeah. Oh, I miss that every week. <laughs> it's time to go storm chasing. Pew, 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 pew. Right? And, no, yeah. No, no. And yeah. You put in that like trademark Dave pause. And you'll know I'm editing this week <laughs> if, the, if the storm sounds don't make it in. Like if I forget to put oh. the storm sounds in. All you'll have is the pews. I doubt it. 
Uh, <laughs> also, I had to do the pews live for the first time ever in yeah. front of you. I didn't. I didn't really. Yeah. Feel great. About it's. That. Per- I mean, it's legit. Uh, anyway, we're talking about one pop culture storm that you're chasing this week. Joanna, what are you chasing down in the world of pop culture that is not a fantastic festival movie? Well, guess what? What? I didn't even have to chase it down because I was wisely pre-ordered this. Someone brought it to you? I preemptively chased this down. Um, If you listen to our... Did we do a whole episode about Mamma Mia 2? I think we did a a bonus bonus segment about Mamma Mia. Um... I loved Mamma Mia too. Mama yeah. Mama Tuya. And um <laughs> Here we go again. Again. Yeah. And um like sort of in conjunction with that film, uh Cher has recorded a, an album that is all ABBA hits. And she But re- with Cher. But but Cher singing. Right. And she uh released like a single from it a couple weeks ago. And that I loved so much that I went ahead and pre-ordered the whole mm. album on iTunes. Um, I never do this. Like I, I'm like a Spotify listener. I like I think I've paid for what like ten albums ever on my iTunes. One of them is Share Singing Abba. So, uh, it's probably this is probably available on Spotify. You don't need to buy it on iTunes, but I happen to give some money to our Apple overlords. And this morning when I woke up, the album was just on my phone, ready to go. So share uh, yeah. Dancing Queen. Works. It is a joy for mm. your earballs. Uh, and I cannot recommend it enough. Neil, what have you been storm chasing? Well, uh, in my, what I would call my cool down from Fantastic Fest, which <laughs> you've been able to witness, which is basically like I just bail on the last two days of Fantastic sure. Fest, which happens every year. Um, I'm not ashamed of it. It's just part of my self-care routine. Great. Uh, so I've been playing some video games on my new PlayStation 4, and I start playing the Spider-Man game this week. And there's something in the Spider-Man. First of all, it's great. Um, it's There's a reason why all the bros like it. It's because it's a really cool, like immersive story. So it's like you're living out a Spider-Man movie. The only problem I have is that uh, it's set in a world where Norman Osborn is the mayor. And I don't like that guy. He's kind of a dick. (laughs) So I was thinking this week while playing the Spider-Man game that registering to vote is very important. And everyone should register to vote. That was a smooth transition. Yeah, because we should. There's something else going on that made you no, feel like voting. I can't think was of like, anything else. No. But we definitely shouldn't let people like Norman Osborn run stuff. Right, right, right. So if there's like a real life Norman Osborn like person, like you're like saying like he has like too much sass and he's a little bit of a flake. Is yeah. that what you're saying about Norman Osborn? Yeah, he's a real. I'd like to punch him and make him fall down on the grassly. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. It would be a real, it would be a real, he's a real graham cracker. <laughs> see if I can name the other ones. I don't know. Cornyn. Yeah. Cornyn damn near killed her. <laughs> um, so anyway, so register to vote. Um, yeah. You can go to vote, uh, vote save America, actually. Just do your register to vote. Just register to vote people. I don't, I Neil actually. and I did spend nine hours of this, of this film festival <laughs> watching <laughs> watching a senate hearing judiciary hearing so yeah so um i can't uh you know i can't encourage people to vote strongly enough um especially so that we don't end up with a norman osborne like figure in our lives exactly um but also the spider-man game is good great it's very fancy okay so what we would all recommend as an act of self-care yes generally yeah hydrate 
take naps, wear a headband, uh, crank up share ABBA album mm-hmm. and play some Spider-Man. It's mm-hmm. called just Spider-Man the video game. Yeah. It's not like Spider-Man, Spider-Man Enter Man. the Dark or whatever. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but don't do any of that until you register to vote. Great. Register to vote, then you do all that other fun stuff yeah. like drinking water. Yeah. Um, so that is all of our storm chasing business. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with some fantastic fast recap. And we're back. Uh, so Fantastic <laughs> Fest. I don't know. What year is this uh, for Fantastic this Fest? This is you know? like 11 or ten, eleven or 12. Okay. I don't remember. It started in like 2006, 2007. It's all centered um, at this one location in Austin, the Alamo Draft House, South Lamar, mm-hmm. uh, which is great because if you if you listener, dear listener, have ever been to um, a bigger film festival, those are scattered like throughout whatever city you're in, Austin, uh, Park City, whatever it is. And and you don't get to like see everyone and it's like and you're waiting in lines forever and stuff like that. And Fantastic Fest, which is a genre film festival, it's like mostly horror, some like sci-fi fantasy thrillers. Horror, of action, international yeah. crime thrillers. Sure. Some animation. Like cult, culty sort of vibe. Just, it's weird shit. It's all the weird um, shit. You don't have to wait in line. They're like, they, they're very organized. They have this great app and it's just like, it, you know, it like lets you know when your film is seating and you can like pay for your beer and then just like go into the theater and watch mm-hmm. a bunch of movies. And since it's a draft house, you can also continue to drink beer while you're in the theater. Um, I surely would never drink alcohol uh, whilst watching a film I then have to be critical about. Anyway, uh, so there's a good mix of um, big movies that you've like heard of that you're excited about and then a bunch of like smaller movies that you've never heard of that maybe you'll hear of because they have buzz out of the festival or maybe you no one who wasn't at Fantastic Fest will ever see these films. Yeah. Um, that happens sometimes. So, yeah, that happens actually a lot. So There's actually a movie from like – seven or eight years ago called golden slumber mm-hmm. which was this amazing uh korean movie but it it used the beatles song oh and they could never get the rights so it has never been released in the united states oh my god it's amazing yeah there was also a screening of the original cut of a serbian film oh yeah that had to be burned after the screening because it was like it was bad. So bad. Well, it was like super illegal <laughs> to have it. Um, Fantastic Fest. <laughs> so that's where Fantastic Fest is willing to go to entertain. It's legions of uh, queso infused fans. Queso swollen fans. Uh, yeah, who like beer. I met a couple listeners uh, this week and it was really lovely. Thanks to all of you guys for coming up and saying hi. Yeah. Um, I think I also met them. <laughs> yeah. Neil was also there. <laughs> uh, I I also, we, we saw a bunch of like big movies like Halloween uh, was the opening night movie. And even though that had already premiered at Toronto, like um, it played really, really well here. Um and then Bad Times the El Royale, which is the new Drew Goddard film. Drew Goddard, who wrote and directed Cabin in the Woods. He wrote The Martian. It's the one where Chris Hemsworth stands in the rain with his shirt off. Yes. Uh, it's got Jeff Bridges and John Hamm and Dakota Johnson. Um, that was a closing night movie. So I saw that last night. Um, and Halloween was um, – I'm not a Halloween expert, but I, I wrote a review of it for for VF. Uh, I really, really liked it a lot. Um, it's got some – like weird tonal stuff in terms of like the um danny mcbride uh, humor danny mcbride who did like eastbound and down and stuff like that but um overall it's a really good message especially 
uh, this week. Um, and then <laughs> Bad Times of the RL has like a similar similar drive to it. It's um, I wouldn't rank it above Cabin in the Woods in my own estimation. Um, it's over two hours long, and I really think it could have used a bit of trimming. Uh, but Cynthia Erivo, who is a great Broadway actress um, and a young actor named, I think it's Lewis Pullman or it might be Pullum. Um, you know, these are people, Cynthia Erivo has never been in a film before, even though she has a Tony. Uh, I've never seen Lewis in anything. And they are like incredible standouts in this film. So like Cabin in the Woods was Chris Hemsworth's first um, like major film. He had done Star mm-hmm. Trek already, but like this, this was like. That's right. He was like, he was only in Star Trek for like. Two, two seconds, yeah. yeah. And then he was he was an Australian soap star, but like Cabin in the Woods is really our introduction to, to Chris Hemsworth, and so I think that that uh, Bad Times the LRL could be a similar thing for um, Cynthia Revo, who is also in Widows. Okay, so those are like yeah. two like the, the opening and the closing, but we're not going to talk about those anymore, particularly because they didn't, didn't make see, any of our lists. Neil didn't see them. I didn't see either one of those. Although people tell me Halloween's good. Yeah, and El Royale comes out in like a week or two weeks or three weeks or when does it come out? A couple weeks. A couple weeks. It's like mid October. I'll see. Um, But we wanted to um, break down sort of our favorites and least favorites, sort of to like run through some of the films that we saw, just to give you guys some recommendations or some like cautions to stay away. Um, So we, I guess we're gonna start on a high note. We're gonna start with best of the fest. Sure, why not? So Neil, what is your best of the fest? So mine is a movie called The Perfection. Which is a movie about um, sort of world class cellists, which I guess is the least interesting way to describe this movie. Um, it's a Allison Williams plays a cellist who is just uh, she was like a world class cellist, and then her mom got sick, so she had to go take care of her mom for a long time. And then it opens basically with her mom passing, and she goes back, sort of dives back into the world of uh, being a world class cellist. <laughs> And where she goes back to her mentor, played by Steven Weber, a guy named Anton. Real, right. It's a real full-on Steven Weber performance in this one. And so his new protege, Lizzie, played by Logan Browning. who dear white people of fame. dear white people fame, who is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, a, it's a thriller. It has a lot of violence. It, it has a lot of twists. It's actually one of those movies where... Even on a podcast called Storm of Spoilers, I'm hesitant to describe it. I'm actually hesitant to compare it to other movies because I feel like even that sort of there's a, I will gives say this. away a lot of the game. There's a very clear influence yes. on this, which is I'm, I'm going to try to make this as mysterious as possible. It's a recent well-received movie that was a remake of another movie that was an adaptation of a British novel that is a take on a 19th century British novel. It's a story that's been told a couple of times. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's really good. Alice Williams is great. Logan Browning is great. Great. Steven Weber is a lot. I, I laughed at like, I mean, not always laughter, but I like had a very extremely positive in terms of like appreciating the performance mm. reaction to like everything Stephen Weber did. Yeah. Stephen Weber. I'm like, a, I'm a old school wings fan. So yeah. I'm, I'm a huge Stephen Weber fan. Um, Allison Williams. The thing I love about Allison Williams, cause like, obviously, you know, she was super great and get out as well is the way that she's like really, I think weaponizing like our worst assumptions about her. Mm-hmm. in both Get Out and this to turn in like really good and interesting performances. Yeah. That like sort of uptight, 
alpha white mm-hmm. bitchiness. Her thing. character from Girls, basically. Exactly. And the, her director, <laughs> the director of this film was also, uh, he also directed Tom Hemingway and he was also, um, he directed some really good episodes of Girls. I'm, I'm like hit and miss on Girls, but he did the one with Patrick Wilson and the one with Matthew Reese, which are two of like the standout episodes of the mm-hmm. series. So Yeah, so The Perfection, very good. This was one of the movies that um, several friends who do programming for Fantastic Fest that I, I'd never, I'd not heard about this movie at all, but they said like, this is the one. And I was wondering. Right. I was wondering how you knew. Like, you did not share that information with me. And yeah. like, it was on the first night. Somebody's like, "You need to go see this." I got here, and like you and I think Rob or maybe Matt. Mm-hmm. Anyway, like whoever had seen it, and yeah. we're like, "You have to see it." So I caught it later in the fest. This is another great thing about Fantastic Fest. Mm-hmm. They do repeat repeat viewings. So if if like you missed a movie that everyone's talking about, you can go see it. So I saw it like you know towards the end of the festival. Um, I I caught it, and I and and. The, like the response was so overwhelmingly positive for the perfection when it premiered that the director had left the festival, flown back to LA, and then he flew back to Austin yeah. to go to the later screening just because he was like so pleased with how the film was received here. So the perfection, um, it's like I don't want to like overblow it because I think like probably part of it is like the surprise is part of like mm-hmm. our enthusiasm for it. But um, it's a little rough around the edges. It's a little rough around the edges. It's probably a little longer than it needs to be. Absolutely. There's a, I'll say this, there's a bus sequence <laughs> that like will test your like squeamishness, right? Right. That the director said he cut 20 minutes off of. Which is amazing. Because it's already quite long. And he said if he had had his way, it would have been an hour and a half long. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah. So there's like, there's some stuff that could have been tightened up, but like it has this like amazing closing shot that I don't think I will forget very soon. Yeah. Um, no, so, pretty crazy. Yeah. And it's pretty messed up. So I liked yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, what was yours? Um, Mine is Suspiria, which is the Luca Guadagnino remake of the 19, I think it's 1978, 77 uh, film about, a coven of witches posing as a dance company in Berlin. And this one has Dakota Johnson, Tilda Swinton, and a couple roles. Um, <laughs> Tilda Swinton, Tilda Swinton, Tilda Swinton. <laughs> and uh, it's it's really good. It is quite long. I, there were a lot of really long films at this festival. Yeah. A lot of them were over two hours. Um, the fact, the Which is surprising because most festivals try to keep it really yeah, tight for the, scheduling reasons. The Perfection's not that long, but it's um, it just is longer than it needs to be. But Suspiria is like t- over two hours and um, – but it's got it. Um, Luca Guadagnino, who did uh, Call Me by Your Name, but more significantly, a bigger splash, which is such a good film that came out a couple of years ago, also with Tilda Swinton and Dakota Johnson. And um, he's just really good at mood. And this just has really incredible mood. And it just has a lot more to say than the original Suspiria, where like. The whole point of the original Suspiria is like you're not sure if they're witches and it's like this big mystery. And in this one, it's just like, uh, they witches <laughs> and they scary. And um, hey, guess what? They're witches. <laughs> uh, P.S. They're witches. And they're, and it's just like it's super weird. And it's like, you know, there's Tilda Swinton and Dakota Johnson, but you and Mia Goth, who was married to Shia LaBeouf, that's a thing that she did. But like she's really good. Uh, oh, and um. Chloe Grace Moretz is in it and Jessica Harper was mm-hmm. in the original film. But like a lot of these women in this dance company are women you've never seen before. And they, uh, a lot of them are European actresses and they just like, they don't look like bad or scary. They just look like 
like this is a convincing coven of witches. You know what I mean? They just look like it's just a weird assembly of women that I don't think would have landed in a way if they had all been faces you recognize. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I I had never seen the original Suspiria. I didn't come in with a lot of expectations. Um, it was this quote unquote secret screening, but it was a really poorly kept secret. Everyone knew what it was. And um, yeah, I just went in. I I really, really wound up loving it. So yeah. same. Suspiria is great. Yeah. Um, very impressed with Dakota Johnson's performance. It's one of those, and Tilda Swinton as well, to a, to a slightly different extent, it's one of those like full body performances that is just like, holy shit. From Dakota? Yeah. Like some of the dancing yeah, that she, has she does all is incredible really intense. Incredible dancing. Yeah. Um, so really great. Really great stuff from Luca Guadagnino. <laughs> I just like saying his name. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Suspiria rules. And I think you should see it. And it's, uh, even though it's, what is it, an hour, two hours and 30 minutes, it doesn't, it's one of those that doesn't feel that long because it, it has a good pace to it. I was never like bored or yeah. like checking my watch of like how long is this going to be. So, yeah. yeah. So big on Suspiria. All right. Let's do some worse to the fest. Yeah. Because this one's interesting. We, we both agree on yours. <laughs> hit, hit, hit me with it. I mean, I have another one, but we both agree. Yeah. Uh, so mine's mid-90s, which is the Jonah Hill-directed uh, film about youth. It's about skaters. When is it set? In the 90s. Oh. In the mid-90s. <laughs> um, <laughs> this movie's just so full of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't even dislike, you know, like we, we just talked about maniac. Like I like Jonah Hill. I did not go in. Like I went in rooting for him to have like a lady bird, Greta Gerwig year. I thought that would have been cool for him. And I hated this movie. Yeah. And, and honestly, I'm the audience that he's pandering to with, um, my having grown up in the mid nineties and, uh, Being being a white dude. Um, I wasn't really a skater, but you know, that's not a particularly specific experience i guess well i guess maybe but anyway um it's just it's sort of abrasive and annoying and um pretentious is not a word i try to use very often with movies because i don't it's it goes to like a director's intent but it's really kind of a pretentious movie like he got up there uh, to introduce his movie and he's like, I didn't want to make nostalgia porn and I just wanted to make something that felt like, you know, honest or whatever. And then like the first thing you see is it's in a four by three aspect ratio and it's shot in 16 millimeter. <laughs> and it's just like, Oh God. No. Um, I will say though that like it's populated by a bunch of kid actors who have never really been anything before or like skater kids who, who are, are all good. They're all good. The kids and, are good. Like, and there is potentially a good movie there. Um, but it just doesn't have anything like really substantive to say. And some of the, um, I don't know, just some of the, like, yeah, it's just, it's bad storytelling uh, up its own ass in a lot of different ways. Like thinks it's really deep when it's not, but I will give it to those kids and like maybe, and to Jonah Hill for maybe getting that performance from those kids. So sure. like maybe he has a talent. It's just not, did he like, did he, he write? wrote and yeah. directed it? Yeah. Maybe I would see Jonah Hill direct a, a story he didn't write, you know? Yeah, maybe. Um, so yeah. And, and I think, I think, the, <laughs> I mean, if you look at, especially cause everybody's going to compare it to Lady Bird. So here's my thing. Lady Bird is about a young woman who has an arc like a character arc and she learns things and changes and is different over time. 
Um, in the world of mid nineties, it's just about like four young boys who are all just sort of pieces of shit the whole time. Five. Five. Sorry. Wait. <laughs> Which one did you forget about? Oh, the one. The filmmaker. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Um, but so yeah, so it's just about a bunch of young, which is true to life. Sure. We were we were all pieces of shit <laughs> as teenagers, so um, you know, true, but also not that interesting, I guess, in the end. So I did not like mid nineties. The one that you have listed, I did not see. So I'm curious to hear more about. Okay. Um, this one is called Under the Silver Lake, and it stars um, Andrew Garfield. And it is a kind of movie. It is also over two hours long. Uh, it premiered at the Cannes Film Festival. Um, and it is the kind of movie where uh, I should love it because it's like um, it's like kind of wacky a little bit or trying to be wacky. It's trying to be like postmodern. Um, it's uh, the director's David writer, director, David Robert Mitchell, who did It Follows, which is a movie I really loved. Um, and it's, you know, so Andrew Garfield stars, uh, stars as this like LA loser who gets, uh, captivated by his neighbor played by Riley Keough and then she disappears and then he follows her and it's just like all these like codes and conspiracies and underground of LA and stuff like that. And this like hipster universe of LA and, um, and there's a few other actors you might recognize like Zoja Mamet's in it, Topher Grace is in it, like a couple other people, um, I hated this movie, like with every fiber of my being, because it's just like it's about this um, guy and and even David Robert Mitchell, like admitted he's a challenging protagonist. It's about a guy that like you just don't like, despite the fact that he's played by Andrew Garfield, who is an extremely likable actor. Uh, and you just hate him and you hate that like it's the movie starts with him like spying on women both like a topless neighbor and then riley keogh and then like having sex with ricky lindholm and like st meanwhile still spying on riley keogh and so it's just like it starts with this like really gross attitude about like just this like shitty dude and like he doesn't know anything about riley keogh he just thinks she's like hot in a bikini so he just chases after her and like what's sad about it is that there's like there's a version of this movie that I think I could really like. Andrew Garfield's great in it. It reminds me a lot of um, a movie I liked, which was an Inherent Vice, where mm -hmm. Joaquin Phoenix played like a similar character, sort of like navigating this like weird – that's based on a Thomas Pynchon novel. This feels very Thomas Pynchon to me, very postmodern, and like navigating this like weird world of conspiracy and power and stuff like that. And he's sort of this like shambling loser that you're nonetheless rooting for and stuff like that. And like – Andrew Garfield's giving this like extremely physical performance. He's really, really funny. Um, and, but I like hate him. I'm not on his side and I'm bored and it, like, I'm really tired of LA movies that are just so up their own ass about LA. <laughs> and it's like, uh, we get LA. it from LA. <laughs> but it's like, but it's like, this is not a, this is not a relatable experience in any way. And nor are you presenting a weird world that I'm unfamiliar with that I'm interested in spending time in. So mm -hmm. uh, it's stylish. Andrew Garfield's good. Uh, I hated it, like actively hated it. Yeah. So I think the theme for our worst of the fest is these movies should have been for us, but right? they weren't. Yeah. Yeah. That's usually, that's usually where, and it's, and it's less about it being like the worst movie because there were, there were probably like more cheaply made films at Fantastic Fest or just like 
worse films yeah in an objective way but uh these are the big disappointments yeah these are the ones that i'm like oh of course this is a movie i'm gonna like and then um i yeah then you come out hating it a movie mm-hmm. that's like almost good or you could see yeah. the good movie in there you know i felt I mean? the same way about destroyer the nicole kidman oh movie. yeah i really didn't like destroyer really you and i did not like it nothing of that worked for me uh director karen kusama who did jennifer's body um and is like generally a person that i'm like in the invitation which i fucking love yeah we're rooting for her we like her it's nicole kidman with like a lot of aging makeup on sebastian stan tatiana maslany uh, yeah, tons of my favorite people. Toby Kebbell. I even like that guy. We saw it bright and early in the morning. <laughs> yeah, and I don't, I mean, and I'm, I, I've gotten used to, that's one thing about Fantastic Fest that uh, a lot of uh, normal folks don't uh, know is that they press screen movies and they're all press screened at like 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. So I've actually gotten good at over the years. Um, not allowing the fact that it's 8 a.m. get in the way of me enjoying Like, I saw Gravity at 8 a.m. Oh, nice. at Fantastic Fest. Wow. Yeah, that was intense and weird, and the theater was really, it was one of the small theaters. And um, so you you have to, like, separate that part, and I did, and Destroyer still doesn't work. No, I like, I could have seen it at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Our bellies like, were full of annoying. delicious breakfast tacos. Yeah. Like, I had coffee. We were, we were, we were in a good spot. We were in a good spot, but yeah. no, it was not, not a great. good experience. All right. Um, most surprising. And this is what we're calling, like, the films that we really liked, um, but we had, like, zero preparation for before we went into the festival. Yeah. Uh, do you want to go first? Sure. Uh, mine is actually one that we watched. Uh, Rob Hunter, who writes for Film School Rejects, who uh, stayed with me for... Great guy. Great, great guy. Um, we watched a screener the first day for a movie called The Boat, which is... It's from Malta, I think, which is a place. Sure is a place. Yeah, and one of the very few movies from that place. And it's a very simple film. Um that stars one man and two boats. And <laughs> um, it's about a guy who goes fishing. This is pretty much all we know. He goes fishing and we actually never know his name in the whole movie. He goes fishing. He comes upon this uh, sort of nice sailboat that is just sort of floating in the ocean with no one on it. And he gets on and weird things start happening. Uh, like he starts to get locked in rooms. He starts to like hear things. Uh, and basically what we sort of figure out is that the boat is sort of alive. Um, and the boat is messing with him. And that's the whole movie. It's all about him versus this boat. And I found it compelling. It's fun. It's weird. Obviously, it's like, did you ever see the movie Rubber? Yeah. About the tire. Yeah, the tire one. Yeah. It would be like if somebody made the first 30 minutes of that movie into a feature film about a boat, a mm-hmm. sentient boat, um, but they never explain anything, which at first I found annoying that they weren't explaining what the hell was going on. But by the end, I was like, it's probably better that they didn't explain <laughs> anything. Uh, so it's just really it's and, and it was only like what 70 minutes something it's a oh, hundred minutes. Sorry. It's, it's, it's brisk. And, um, this actor, Joe as party is really good in it for being the only person in the movie. That's so funny. I didn't realize that we had like such similar themes for our surprise, most surprising. Right. Movies. 
<laughs> the um, isolation. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I really like the boat. The boat is good. You should see the boat. Uh, I forgot to mention that Under the Silver Lake was also two hours and 20 minutes. So like seriously. Yeah, everyone, what's going on there? Calm down. My most surprising is a film called Cam, which was not on my radar at all before I got to the festival. Uh, this stars Madeline Brewer, who you might know from uh, Handmaid's Tale. She's an actress with like one eye in Handmaid's Tale. Um, and she uh, it is also almost entirely her. It's what's called a screen life movie, right? Where like, you know, the um, the like. It's stuff know. on a computer. Stuff on a computer. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I usually hate those movies. Uh, this one really works for me. Uh, it's directed by Daniel Goldharbor and written by um, a woman named um, it's Isabel. So Isa, 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 Mazai. Uh, anyway, uh, or no, Isabel Linklevy. Anyway, uh, the woman who wrote it, who was here representing it as she wrote it, is a woman who was a cam girl. The cam girl is like a, a woman who does like uh, sex stuff on camera on the internet cam girl. Mm-hmm. and um the one who wrote it is a former cam girl this is like a this is very much like a black mirror ish uh sort of story like it gets kind of supernatural and weird um but most of the movie is madeline brewer on the webcam uh i was advised this is a blumhouse movie so actually jason blum himself is the one who told me to go see this movie and that's why i saw it and uh he was right it's also been picked up by netflix so you guys will soon be able to see it on netflix but um i i was like much like your film i imagine this film is like make or break by a central performance yeah madeline brewer is just like extremely captivating on this because she's like cute and flirty as like the cam girl but then like as things get weirder she's like more serious and then there's like i don't know she's kind of playing two roles so there's like this other stuff going on and like her performance is so nuanced and so captivating another thing i love about fantastic fest is madeline brewer there were many screenings of cam but like madeline brewer stuck around i want to say like four days after uh mm-hmm. the film premiered which is not it's usual. a fun festival and she was just like a lot of people I talked to had a Malin Brewer store where they're like, oh, I ran into Malin Brewer in the restroom or like I had, I had drinks with Malin Brewer at the bar. And she was kind of like selling people one on one on her film, not in yeah. like a shitty, pushy way, but just sort of like, oh, hi, I'm Maddie and I'm in this movie. Like, and it was like it worked. And everyone I know who saw Cam like really, really loved it. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's going to Netflix, which mm-hmm. I think is interesting. It's, it's this is one of I think Three. five. Oh, really? movies from netflix we're still working on the official count um but this was one of the surprising ones the other one was the night comes for us Mm. which is the action movie starring um basically all your favorite people from the two movies in the raid franchise Mm -hmm. super bloody that i think it's a really interesting play by netflix to have these movies play fantastic fest get great buzz and then within like a month, release them. So I know Cam is going to the London Film Festival in October, and I assume Netflix is going to drop it shortly after. I bet it drops in October, yeah. Um, Because uh, The Night Comes for Us is dropping in October as well, like October 19th. So it's really interesting. And they also hold the dark. Mm -hmm. um, What was the other one that I'm, the big one? The other Netflix one. Hold the dark. Yeah, I don't know. And something else. Does it'll come to me? The funny thing about uh, Netflix premiering these films at film festivals, and they did this at uh, Toronto and Telluride too, is uh, 
they're no longer doing like a big old Netflix logo in front yeah, of it. They it's have like just a like fancy very theatrical. N, you know, and it's like oh, it was weird the years show. where it was like the big the boom Netflix yeah. thing <laughs> on the big screen is very strange to me. Um, did you uh? have this experience when you watched The Perfection where the Miramax logo came up and you were like very everyone, strange everyone in the theater was like ooh yeah. even though the Weinsteins like haven't worked for Miramax like Miramax has not been their company forever yeah I just can't remember the last time I saw a Miramax logo in front of something right and and it's like an old Miramax logo like it looks like the old one it's not I mean, like it's, new, quite, it's a it, new cityscape it looks... but it's still like a cityscape they didn't like just yeah. change it to an M or something like that which maybe they should do Um, and it's especially weird in a film like The Perfection which is like so much about mm -hmm. um, certain things. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Harvey Weinstein um, would be afraid of the perfection. Is all I'm saying. Is it Apostle? What's the other Apostle big one? was the oh, other yeah, one. Yeah. Uh, the Gareth Evans movie. Gareth. So Speaking lots of, of the red. Yeah, lots of good stuff uh, that you'll be able to see soon, which I think is important. Okay, so we have one more award, which is <laughs> the aggressively fine. Yeah. Award, which is speaking of Netflix movies. <laughs> um, so these are movies that we. They're just fine. It's a fun. It's a fine time at the movies. They're not. They're not great, but they they also weren't bad, and they were also movies that came with a certain amount of expectations. Yeah, I think absolutely. Uh, so mine is not on Netflix, as far as I know, or won't be on Netflix. Uh, is the man with uh, who killed Don Quixote, which is the movie that Terry Gilliam is trying to been trying to make for twenty five years, which the movie tells us immediately is the case, and I think there's 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 a lot of tough things about this movie. One is 25 years worth of expectations are not a good thing for any movie. Um, but I think it, it was okay. I mean, Adam driver plays, uh, this Wes Anderson like director who's having an existential crisis about a student film that he made, um, when he was a student about Don Quixote. Like basically the idea is like Adam driver plays this filmmaker who, when he was in film school, went to Spain to the small village and cast all these villagers as the people in his Don Quixote movie. And several years later, 10 years later, I believe he goes back and he's filming a commercial nearby. So he goes and he visits the village and he finds out that his movie actually kind of fucked up some people. Mm. Like the woman in his movie went on to try and be a star and it went poorly. Um, and the man who he cast as Don Quixote played by Jonathan Price, who's amazing in this movie, um, really believes that he's Don Quixote, like has for the last 10 years, believed that he is. How the man. Yeah. <laughs> so, so then it's about their adventure where, Jonathan Price's Don Quixote character decides that um, Adam Driver is Sancho, his mm -hmm. his uh, friend slash slave, um, and they have to go sidekick. on sidekick, <laughs> and they go on this weird adventure, and they meet this Russian guy who's played by. You've seen Bad Boys Two, I assume. I've not. You've not seen Bad Boys Two. I've never 2? seen a Bad Boy. Wow, that's an episode we're gonna have to do later. Um, but, um, but the guy who plays Johnny Tapia from bad boys Two, he plays the bad guy in this movie too, which I appreciate because that it's very weird. Um, but overall it's, it's sort of, it meanders around and, uh, I was mostly just impressed with Adam driver and Jonathan price being, being all the things that they are. I'm just not super. I don't think Terry Gilliam has it anymore. I think that's where I'm at. I think he just makes fine movies. Yeah. And there's nothing really special. The last like five Terry Gilliam films have just been okay. 
Right. So that's where I'm and at. And then meanwhile, that. he says like bullshit, bullshit. And you're just yeah. sort of like, if you're going to say bullshit, bullshit, you have to. Well, I prefer you just didn't. <laughs> but like maybe I'll like try to smooth it over if you've got incredible genius to back it up, which I don't think Terry Gilliam has anymore. Yeah. And I think that it's 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 kind of a missed opportunity, especially now where it's it's about a man who's dealing with pain that he has caused other people. But it, the film never really addresses that. It's it's more it becomes more of a farce. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just didn't I didn't you know, some movies you see and you're just like, why did people pay money to make this movie? Right. This one is like, why was he it really like this was the story he was he was trying to make for 25 years. And I'm sure that the original version would have been different. But I think the original version also starred Johnny Depp. So that would have been bad. It was Johnny Depp and then like, isn't it like someone who passed away? Um. Anyway, yeah. uh, there's a documentary about his attempt to make yeah. that. I think that actor that you were just mentioning is Spamnish. Uh, Jordi Mola. Yeah, yeah, Jordi Mola. Or Jordi Mola. Um, who will always be Johnny Tapia to me. Yeah. So there's that. So that's my aggressively fine movie. If you <laughs> if you've been waiting 25 years to see the man who killed Don Quixote, um, be ready for it to not be what you wanted, I guess. But be ready for it to also be fine because Adam Driver and Jonathan Price, pretty great. Uh, what's your aggressively fine? <laughs> uh, Jean Rochefort was uh, Don Quixote opposite. Uh, Johnny Depp in the original mm. uh, Terry Gilliam. The, that guy and, and Jean Rochefort like looks like Don Quixote. To yeah. Me. Um, Jonathan I, Price is great, but his Spanish accent is weird. Mm, he doesn't do accents very well. Yeah. Um, Lost in La Mancha is the documentary about that, which I have mixed feelings about. Okay. Uh, mine is Hold the Dark by director Jeremy Sellier, who did uh, Blue Ruin and Green Room. And uh, this is a sort of uh, an Arctic tale of a missing child and a mysterious murder and Jeffrey Wright is our protagonist, Alexander Skarsgård. And um, this is my second Riley Keough film. Riley Keough, our uh, husband and wife, and uh, James Badgedale is like local sheriff and it's just sort of this like very stark, uh, lots of long shots in the snow, lots of wolves looking on sort of thing. Um Jeremy Selling is known for um, like extreme violence that feels um, like, uh, I don't know, meaningful in some way. It's not it's, just like violence <laughs> for violence sake. It's right. like Green Room is a tough sit, but like yeah, a very almost, good film. Green Room is the closest I've ever been to um, throwing up in a movie theater. Wow. And I loved it. <laughs> yeah. So that's the that's where Jeremy Selling lives. There is a shootout. Um, in the, the reason why this is like ranks high enough to be on my aggressively fine list is there's a shootout like one third of the way through, um, hold the dark that is incredible. Mm -hmm. It is maybe one of the best shootouts I've ever seen in my entire life. It's really, 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 really good. Um, everything else I was deeply bored by. Mm. So, um, which is tough because Jeffrey Wright is, he's a hard actor to be bored with yeah he does his best but it's just it's not great so um 
I, I and and I think I just like had too high expectations for that because I really liked Green Room and Blue Ruin, and so I was just really excited to see the next Jeremy Selnia film. And then I saw this, and I was like, uh. Jeremy Selnia also was like directed. I want to say what the first two two episodes of True Detective season three mm-hmm. was supposed to do the whole season, and then sort of I think left over creative differences with. Um, Nick, Nick Pizzolatto, yeah. king old, of creative, old Nicky, <laughs> old Nicky P. Old, old Nicky Pizza is he's <laughs> king of a, creative differences. He's a tough time keeping people around. Um, as anyway. we explored last week with the Carrie Fukunaga episode. <laughs> so, like the the fact that Hold the Dark is going to be on Netflix is going to make it like a low, you know what I mean, like a low entry point. Like you won't have mm-hmm. more high expectations. You just watch it. At I think home. it's already on Netflix. Really? This week. To drop while we were here. Uh, um, anyway, so. Well, yeah, we're recording this a few days late. It's true. Um, um, I think it is currently on Netflix. But it, uh, it, um, I'm stalling while Neil looks this up. One thing I might suggest is that uh, you watch just, uh, can you watch it right now? I don't know. I have to sign into Netflix. Oh, gosh. Okay. Let me keep stalling. Um <laughs> What I would suggest is that maybe you, um, yeah, you can. Yeah, okay. you can right now. Go watch it right now. I don't think you should watch the whole thing, but I think you should scrub forward until you get to the shootout. And definitely watch the shootout. Just know you're rooting for Jeffrey Wright. You already do that. And uh, you can just watch that. And that's all you need to see. So, How long is it? Uh, I don't know. Not over two hours, but not short. Two hours and five minutes. Oh, God. <laughs> wow tough yeah it's funny <laughs> i know we're talking a lot about the uh running time of movies but that is something you become obsessed with when you're at a f- film festival where you're trying to see like three or four movies a day yeah uh is like how long is it and especially at fantastic fest where you know screenings start around 11 but most of the big stuff plays between 5 p.m and midnight so it's like how long is that 10 o'clock movie yeah uh am i gonna want to am i gonna you know fall asleep i guess uh, okay, so two hours, that's a lot. What, yeah, one more piece of advice for Hold the Dark actually is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say take one step back from the shootout and watch. There's like an interaction between the cop played by James Badgedale, who's great. Uh, you don't see him in enough things. Uh, and this other guy that happens right before the shootout that I that is an incredibly great tense exchange. Uh, spoiler alert, it ends in a shootout. <laughs> Which you kind of know because before that conversation even starts, you see the guy screw a Gatling gun into his floor. You're like, well, you don't screw a Gatling gun into the floor yeah, if you're not going to use it. Chekhov's, so. Chekhov's yeah. rule. Yeah, Chekhov's, Chekhov's Gatling gun. gun. So there you go. Nice. All right. So those are our good, bad, meh, and surprises of the fest. Nice. When we come back, we're going to do a little uh, house cleaning with some Patreon stuff. All right. So... Uh, as we do, this is actually the last week of the month, so this round of reading names of our small council is actually a little bit longer this week, but we wanted to make sure we squeezed in everybody who joined us in September, which is now going to be over. <laughs> um, if, I, don't, I don't know if you guys have heard. Uh, it's been a long September. Um, the uh, If we mispronounce your name, I should say we have a system currently in place, and it is you need to message me on the Slack. If you private message me on the Slack, we will fix the pronunciation of your name. Um, and Dave is not here to take the bullet of being the worst at pronouncing names. So yeah. this is going to be a, a dead heat contest between Neil and myself to see who's going to bungle the most names. Yeah, and so we've Neil, got, and we're also, we're down to the end of the list, which also has the folks who don't have a first and last name <laughs> in there. So there, it's going to be weird. So here I, we go. 
Yeah, uh, I can start. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got Adam Wells. We've got Ajax. We've got Alejandro Villarreal, uh, who is is relation mm-hmm. to our man Gustavo. We've got Alexander Walgren. We've got Amber Vickers. We've got Bettany Townsend. We've got Bree. Spelled not like the cheese. Uh, we've got Christina Sullivan. We've got Damon Van Vuren. We've got Dre. We've got Dumb Pockets. We've got Aaron. We've got G. Sure. Very important to include G. Yeah. We've got Gate Crew Girl. We've got Great on Toasts. We've got Gustavo Villarreal. We've got Hannah Watkins. Heather Walsh. Ira Storm. Jabberly. Jocelyn, who just goes by Jocelyn. Jocelyn Rules. We've got Judy Wick, who I hope is... Uh, John's, John's sister. Uh, sister slash cousin. Sure. I don't know. We got Justin Young. We have Kate Whitney, Catherine True Sean. Oh, I love that you put yeah. such a Frenchie spin on that. We got Katie Zellner. We have Lauren Wagstaff, Lena Winter, Lytherion, which Ooh. sounds like the fourth dragon. Love and it. And Laurel White. Okay. So I am going to shout out Mark Tozer, Melanie Rodriguez, Melissa Slaughter, Nate, Randy Webb. Rose Stenglian, 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 Ryan Silverstein, Riley Tran, uh, Sean, Sean Stringfield, Stacy Winklepleck, Stacy Taxon, Steph with an F, Stephen Weathers, um, Sverier Sigfusson, Tom Witham, Victoria Stout, Warpstone, Whimsy Wright, Brittany Whimsy Wright, Will Wallace, Zachary Silverman, Anna Jackson, Elisa Love, Elise Abschitz, Georgia O'Brien, Kendall Abernathy, Crystal Kennel, Reginator Cakes, Thomas Hankins, Tony Rollins, and Will Nazer. Thank you guys so much. We nailed it. Please let us know which one of us was better at that. I think it was me. Yes. <laughs> Uh oh no definitely. Uh all right and so we're going to end this week with a quick update on don't fall down. Uh, a few important things if you're a member of the Patreon patreon.com/stormspoilers. There is a little tab on the front page of our Patreon that says The Fallen and it's one single post where you can go and comment and tell us your fallen story and every month we are going to pick one of them to read and put in what we are uh, tentatively calling the Hall of Fallen. Is that what or the Hall of Famously Fallen. I don't really know what we're going to call it yet. Fallen, fallen Holland? It's, it's, the, hall, it's the Hall of Fall? The Best Fallen. Fall Hall. Yes. Fall Halla. Yeah. Fall Halla? Fall Halla. Got it. I don't know how we're <laughs> going to spell that, but... Um, so this one actually comes with a uh, need for arbitration. Mm. We need to decide if this counts. This comes from Amanda. Amanda says, I fell up. Yes, up. The main staircase at my job because I clearly can't walk and talk at the same time. I feel you, Amanda. (laughs) Gave my right knee a good bang up and it feels like there should be a dent on the floor where I landed. Ouch. Does it still count as falling down when my trajectory was upward? Um, this is where I'm going to play the role of Dave. Are you ready? Yes. We Dave need will an official say, ruling. search your heart, Amanda. <laughs> if you believe in your heart, you fell down. Then you did. If you don't, then you didn't. Yes. And we are, uh, officially putting this into the halls of Valhalla. Valhalla. Um, I or think whatever that, the hell it's called. I think that Dave, as our fall commissioner, would say that this is probably a fall. Yeah. And if that's not true, we'll update you guys next week. Yeah. When Dave's back. Uh, speaking of next week, 
This is normally where Dave says uh, to me, where are we going next week? Wait, wait, wait. Neil, where are we going next week? (laughs) (laughs) We're going into what we're calling the good vibes zone. Yeah. We're going to be talking. uh, And, you know, we can do a little, we do a couple of mailbag things if y'all want to send us questions or suggestions. Uh, Given the fact that this week uh, sucked in like the real world, it didn't suck at Fantastic Fest. We had a good time. It ended on a sour note. It ended on a really bad, tough note for like democracy and stuff. So we're going to, we're going to do good vibes. Also, this means that we won't be talking venom until the following week, which uh, we had intended to, but uh, you know, uh, we'll- we're giving Joanna a pass. Cause the only advanced screening of venom was on her birthday next week. Oh, and I so- did not, didn't know that part. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, guess what? I don't want to do on my birthday. Go see venom. Yeah. So we're going to make her go see it on the weekend after her yeah. birthday. Yeah. And we'll talk about it next week. <laughs> um, but so next week we're going to be talking about uh, a little bit of the good place. I think we're going to be talking about shows and movies that bring us good vibes. Make you feel good. We'll be on a real self care kick yeah. still. Uh, and don't forget you can, um, Get our bonus segment, if you're a member of the Patreon, Maester or Above, where we're going to talk about uh, some of the other things that happened this week that were not Fantastic Fest related. So uh, we will see you, uh, before we say that we will see you next week, Joanna Robinson, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on manyfair.com. Follow me on Twitter at Joe Wrote This. I will be leaving Austin in just a few hours, but it has been so swell. And Neil, thank you so much for your hospitality. Aww. Neil. Shout out to my roommates. Yeah, shout out to Theo and Kim and Neil for letting me stay here and Rob for taking the floor when I got here. Um, <laughs> Chivalry is not dead. No, no, it's alive and well in Rob Hunter. Uh, Neil, where can people find you? Uh, give me over filmschoolrejects.com. I'm actually working on an article right now where I rank all of the secret screenings in the history of Fantastic Fest to close out Fantastic Fest. Awesome. So that'll be fun, assuming I finish it. Um, you can also get me on Twitter at rejects. Don't forget to follow the show at storm of spoilers and, uh, join our Patreon, patreon.com slash storm of spoilers. And then there was the email address where you can email us storm of spoilers at gmail.com. We will see you next week. And until then, we hope Dave doesn't fall down. (laughs) 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 (laughs)